Arrgh, grog. Hey everyone, it's the Cider Shed podcast, a weekly podcast about the archers. Um, it's Peter Fickling here. I'm with Kerry Warbis and uh, Matthew Weir. So Matthew is, I think, like a cross between Barry Gordy and Dennis the Menace in his um, sort of fort come um, recording studio. And Kerry has been doing kind of Stanislavski method drinking this week to sort of make sure she's fully in tune with Alice and the kind of like the ongoing alcoholism. So mm. how's that been you, Kerry? Yeah, I did have a bit of a large one yesterday. I went, I'd booked it ages ago to go out for dinner with my best friend, Kerry. Uh, <laughs> she does exist. Hang on. It's not, it's not a glove puppet or anything, I promise you. And we went to the Salt Room, which is a beautiful seafood restaurant on the seafront. And after that, we went for cocktails at the Grand Hotel. So it was, Very nice. it was a bit of a splurge. You went all influencer on Instagram. I couldn't keep up. I did, didn't I? <laughs> I, hope, I presume what you two? paid for nothing. <laughs> yeah, there were two posts, Matthew. <laughs> Finally cashing in on her enormous social media yeah. clout. Mm. Don't you think Matthew is sounding absolutely glorious in his new recording zone? He is. The duvet fort is working well. Yeah, I've built a fort. I'm surrounded by soft blankets, pillows. I'm out of the pantry. Finally come out of the pantry. Oh. I've, I <laughs> haven't told my parents yet, so if mum and dad, if you're listening... <laughs> But it's bloody hot here, guys. So I've had to bravely send you a photo in the WhatsApp group that I'm I'm down to a pair of shorts. Matthew and I are the same age, and I I wish I looked like that with my clothes off. I mean, he's a he's a beautiful, beautiful. Oh, human I don't being. know about that. <laughs> Who's going to do the um, beautiful, beautiful human being segue then to, <laughs> into one of the archers' well, characters? Who could be? Who is there? Well, I want to say Neil and Jim yes. are in direct competition at the moment. They, you know, this week they have shone radiantly. Yeah, Jim is a walking moral compass. Yes. Isn't he? What a wonderful man. He tries his absolute hardest to see everything compassionately. And his vision of things is so much more broad than, for example, Emma. Mm. You know, he he literally knows it's a, a disease. It's not really Alice in her entirety. She has got a disease, which is alcoholism. And he knows that you need to think about that even in the worst scenarios. Yeah, and obviously he doesn't have the emotional investment of some of the other people involved. It's a lot easier for him to stand there in the shop and see the bigger picture than it mm. is for um, for Susan. But at the same time, you know, that, that clear-sightedness, that ability to stay, take a step back and, and really think through the morality, not just the kind of like, you know, the easy gut instinct is, uh, you know, hugely admirable. And Neil as well, I think, a little bit, yeah. do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, Jim Jim was sort of tiptoeing around things a bit, wasn't he, in the shop, you know, when he said, I'm, I'm always inclined to say rather more than is required of me. Whereas Neil, he went not straight for the jugular, but he didn't mess around um, no. with Emma in particular. And I loved to hear him do that. And he's had a real steal this week. I think um, on Thursday's episode, when he was uh, when he was relaying the good news to um Alice and Jenny mm. you know it was like look you know let's not overstep the mark it's good news that when you know that Susan has um you know given you the the, the verdict that you want but that doesn't mean that we're out of the woods mm-hmm. that was very much the kind of un, you know the inference yeah did you know that the actor who plays Neil Brian Hewlett is 82 years old whoa really oh. yeah I tell you what give give him send him Emmys send him Oscars after this week I thought after yeah. after his uh his performance all the way through it. I mean, when he, I kind of felt like he had 
Brian on strings a few times, didn't you? But he he just held back a couple of times because mm. Brian was existing in this. He still is in this bubble, isn't he, Brian? Where yeah. this can't be happening, or it is happening, but it can't be as bad as everyone is saying it is. And Neil is Neil is there going, well, uh, Brian, you know, I think you'll find. And then it, there was that kind of passive aggressive thing about you know the pig feed costings or something like mm. that wasn't there and in the end Neil yeah. was even, even in the end said well if you want to go to hannah go to hannah you know I, yeah. we've got, i've got to go and look after your granddaughter and mm. you know there was this moment i think in tonight's episode i mean still it's quite fresh there was this moment when uh he just kind of said you know well i'll pay for the window and you know maybe we can um get beyond this and he said you know i think it's going to be more than a broken windows yeah brian he's kind of grounding brian a bit i felt like it took about four episodes or like over how the course of how many episodes they were in to kind of mm. bring him into realizing you know i think this is a real problem and plus how emotionally got on monday like that kind of you know yeah yeah that, cool. that upset me a bit when someone's voice um starts to wobble that much mm. you start to worry about them a bit and i've been a bit exactly. worried about him yeah, imagine if your football team lost both, you know, the with the women's and the men's team both tanked in different cups on the same weekend. I can imagine that would be the, the kind of levels of emotion you're talking about, Matthew. Yeah, and then imagine that your team is in oh is in the final and playing in in the European Champions League final, playing in a stadium. No, I can't imagine yeah. that. Play, playing ten minutes from your house and you can't get a fucking ticket. Imagine oh, if yeah. what your team beats Man City. Who are these people we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I was just having, I was just quite enjoying the idea of Neil going up on the stage at, uh, you know, in Hollywood next year to collect his Oscar. Mm. His chat with Alice on the doorstep tonight. You know, where's that? We all just, what was it? He said we all want that girl back. That was um, very moving. I thought. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where's that lovely girl gone? Oh, that was that's a tough, tough message for Alice to hear as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's obviously it's coming from a good place. What Neil's saying, but it's also it really gets to the point, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It really shines a a, a very um, harsh light. And that on was Alice. all because yeah. Jenny buggered off to answer the phone, wasn't it? Which was social services, and um, yeah, you know, there was that. It's still that incre in incredulity from Jennifer, even though she's kind of she's embraced it. There was that point where Neil was like, "I've come round," and you know. Alice said, well, I didn't know if Susan wants to see me. And Jennifer's like, well, why wouldn't she want to see you, darling? You only threw mm. a brick through the window of a shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be it. Mm. And it's funny, Brian and Jennifer throwing cash around as they were. I mean, Brian's was almost in a kind of bribery sense, wasn't it? It was like, here's some money. Uh, are you going to be pressing charges? Yeah. It's very transactional. That was, that was yeah. the moment where Neil did that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it, like you've... He knows mm -hmm. exactly what they're doing. And we were saying yeah. last week they're I mean, going to throw money at it. And Jennifer's already said, if only we could have paid for a proper facility. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the assumption, the assumption that one that they hadn't sanctioned yeah. must be sort of subpar or one that was yeah. um, done on the fly. I, I, the thing about um, Brian is he is, you know, he is a... He's a big swinging dick in the world, right? He's you now he's he runs organizations, he's you know in charge of multi-million pound farms, he's a landowner. Like there's he, you know, if you if you are superficial, there's a lot of kind of like, you know, uh, mm. shiny baubles to get kind of distracted by. 
but he knows that within the little kind of the, the small micro, you know, that within the world of Ambridge, Neil is unimpeachable. Like, you know, yeah. even though he's Neil's boss, he went standing toe to toe with Neil talking about something that is domestic, talking about something to do with the village. He knows who the junior partner is. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's no, you know, there's even Brian can't kid himself. Yeah. Do you think Brian and Jennifer have Googled alcoholism? Have they even got that far? <laughs> Can they even pronounce it? Alco- mm. Alco- Brian, how, just, Alco- how do I spell it? <laughs> yes, it's, uh... It was like when she said social services. I just, how she pronounced it. It just didn't sound like social services. Well, she said it like a dirty word, didn't social she? Services. Yeah, I can't do it. I hope. Um, um, I mean, I, I mean, I've made my, I've made my um, disquiet with this, with how long this is going on. You know, very public, and I've said it thousands and thousands of times. Everyone's, everyone's probably as bored of me saying that as they are of the actual thing. If they, they agree, if they agree with me, but um, maybe it's an opportunity for us to learn a little bit more about because I'm actually more interested now in the social services mm. side of things, like learning about. Um, you know, uh, you know, learning through Jennifer and um, Brian exactly what goes on and how it's not, you know, it's not just for um, poor people on council mm. estates. That's me channeling their snobbery, by the way. That's not my snobbery. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's it's there. It's there to to um, correct you and to look after you, no matter who you are. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so the police will have alerted social services. Yes. I, I was told um, that the doctor would have definitely 100% um, told social services when Alice confided in him about his her drinking through the pregnancy. Okay, because there seemed to be nothing. After, that yeah. was the whole thing, wasn't it? Like the, a ball was completely dropped there. Hmm. And I felt the insinuation was that our social services have only now intervened because we never found out who pho- phoned the police, did we? No, there's a lot of speculation about that on the Twitters. Mm. Um, who, who, who are your bets for that? Do you think that would have been Jim and Susan, wouldn't it? If you're running a post office and a brick gets thrown through the window, that's a, you know, you have to call the police. Someone was saying, but who called the police? weren't they? Was it Jennifer? Yeah, and Brian was saying, yeah, yeah probably, you know, jumping the gun a bit, calling the police when someone lobs <laughs> a brick through your window. And I didn't even know the shop sold bricks. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not sure if I'd ever lobbed a brick through a window, and my parents had been waiting for me outside. If I came out of the cop shop, I would be greeted as a sweetheart. Mm. And that would be a bit of a push. Well, fine, Susan. Seeing as you won't sell me that vodka, I'll buy a trebuchet, three breeze blocks, <laughs> and <laughs> and some burning tar. Can, can we talk about the different stages of Alice and the different voices yeah, of Alice? It's very weird. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? I mean, she's cracking, I think, the actress. She, you know, when she went into the shop and spoke to Jim. Um, Playful, Alice. Yeah, that's why I came in. I, I like all the different versions of Alice. I just don't feel we should have so many. Do you know what she reminds me of? And and then tonight's episode, I was thinking this yesterday, and then Jim mentioned it to Jazza earlier. You know, one of the, not the, the seminal movie itself, but in particular but these movies where like they have to perform an exorcism on somebody mm. and they go through all the ranges of all these voices and emotions nice sweet kind mm. angry scared all of that and i know that's probably something that they're trying to do with this mm. with this illness that she has yeah but she came into the shop yeah that i came in i know she i know susan isn't here i watched her drive away and then there mm. was this this um directness with jim wasn't it you know take my card yeah. give me yeah. the bottle and then yeah. there was the bribery, 
you know, the emotional blackmail, then I'll drive. And then when Susan came in, you shouldn't let her talk to you like that. Yeah, that was my favourite bit. That was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, Trying to play yeah. one off yeah. against the other. Yeah, now you know what it's like. I'm yes. surprised Neil doesn't come in here regularly to asking for vodka. Yeah, and I was at that point I expected I expected Max von Sydow to come in with a crucifix and start showering <laughs> her with holy water. But that's because she was that was pissed, Alice, wasn't it? She's had some, but not enough, I thought. And when she turned nasty on Chris on, uh, on Monday or Tuesday, do you think she was pissed Alice then? Ah, uh, yeah, because he did say, you've been drinking, haven't you? Because she was... I didn't think she had. Mm, I mean, yeah. there's that thing now where she could always be accused of drinking and she might mm. not have. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was Boy You Cried Wolf and Chris accused her. And that was that whole scene was... It was like, who was fucking it up more? Like Chris was making a mess of it, mm. Alice was making a mess of it, and obviously they're both in a difficult situation. You know, one of them's ill, the other one's stressed out of his mind with dealing with that illness. But it was just, I just, they, they, they were kind of trying to get, they were trying to fill the bingo card of mm. ways of doing it wrong quite quickly. Yeah, because Alice was accusing Chris of enabling her, as Jennifer described it later, didn't she? But you know, when she said, you know, it's just my bad luck that I'm an ad, I'm addicted to it. You were partying with me in the past, but I'm the one who's getting it in the neck right now. And when she said about um, that, you've finally got her and now you don't need me, because obviously she she wasn't that keen on having the baby yeah. anyway. That was an interesting thing where it could actually there could be a bit of truth in that. I don't. It's kind of it's, it's kind of a mute point, isn't it? To some extent, I don't mean your point. I mean, you know, um whether she wanted the baby or not, the baby is there, and Alice yeah. is saying very clearly that she wants it. So, beyond the, um... it's a weapon, isn't it, of hers? Yeah, that she can use when she f- so wishes. Don't you think it's also a weapon that Chris is using? And I don't mean he's using it in a bad. It's not reprehensible, but he is. Uh. He is using Martha's safety, which is completely honourable. Uh. Um, against Alice as well, against every little thing. When it was that point where she said, we, can I play with her for a minute without you watching me? And he said, I'm not mm. watching you, I'm watching her. But yeah. he's obviously watching at Alice, isn't he? Mm. Yes, but this is this this kid's how old now? A month and a half? Mm. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not. It's a different thing when it's a toddler. I just, you know, I, th- I felt I felt a bit, so I felt he was exploiting the situation a little bit to, to score some cheap points. I... Mm. Uh, I I am not I don't have a side at all. I feel very very sorry for Alice, and I feel I I should imagine equally sorry for Chris. Although it obviously changes, you know, with which with the way the wind's blowing. Mm. But I during that whole scene, I just felt very sad and very sort of bitter for them both that they're having to go through it. Yeah, because when Chris was saying he was being a bit awful, wasn't he, about the fact that his mum had seen the first smile happen, um, of of Martha, the first proper smile. Yeah. He was a bit dickish about that, wasn't yeah. he? Sort of like really rubbing her face in it. I mm. mean, if you if you've just been through that and just enjoyed that moment so hugely, as mm-hmm. as any parent would, you must instinctively understand the the amount of hurt and mm-hmm. um, bitterness on the other side. Which you know, he definitely was doing it on purpose. I know. I thought it was a little bit alarming as well when um, Chris said, "Emma, Emma says if you open your mouth, she copies you." <laughs> It's like, what yeah. is it? Martha's going to go around to Brian's door, bang on the door and unload on him or something. <laughs> but there was that, yeah, Alice, there was, I felt for her that moment. She went, oh, yeah, I've noticed that. And then Chris was like, oh, have you? Yeah, have you? You've hardly seen her. Yeah. But there was, there was quite, there was that interchange after that between um, Chris and Alice. 
mm. where you know he like you didn't he say like you'll always be your mother or something or she'll always need you and and then she yeah. asked, well, what about you? So there is something there. It slips sometimes, doesn't it? He called her babe as well or something. Mm -hmm. Some sort of affectionate, yeah, um, yeah. you know, where you sort of think, oh, right, they're back as a couple again, momentarily. So, sorry to get a bit meta, but I just I just had this feeling like you, we've been talking about this for, you know, quite a long time now. Mm. And none of us have cracked any jokes or said anything silly. And I, when the three of us are talking on on the pod, it privately, individually, there's never it's ten seconds maximum between jokes or, or an attempt to make uh, each other laugh or just say something a bit silly. This is why I'm being dragged down by this current this the way this is going on. It's not why I listen to the Archers. It's not. I don't want to talk about this all the time. So I'm so sick of it. I'm insulted. I made a really good joke about the shop selling bricks, and now I laughed. Now you ruined it, Peter. That was quite a long time ago. <laughs> I'm, no, yeah, I mean, I know the, what the, you mean. Kerry, the, the, you know the the the, uh, the 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 diamonds in the in in, in the pile of poop are immaculate <laughs> and shining, of course. But I'm just saying that there are fewer of I mean, them. Many many weeks ago, like I asked the question about who knows. I'm still not sure who knows. I'm really not sure mm. at this point. Who is um, completely aware of the situation and who wasn't? Yeah. We had this conversation between Peggy and Jennifer mm. that ran through Tuesday's episode. Um, by the way, I've, I've, in, I've either got a couple of people to listen to the Archers off the back of our podcast, or I've got people who stopped listening to go back to listening to it. But I did get a message from someone on Tuesday saying, Who the hell is this creepy voice on the end of the phone? <laughs> <laughs> for them, um, I, mean, I know we talked about The Exorcist, but they they thought it sounded like uh, Danny from The Shining going uh, red rum, Peggy's <laughs> voice coming down the phone, which if you never heard it, I guess it would be a bit alarming. Yeah, because there, there was that bit with that phone call. Was Well, there were two phone calls, weren't there? But anyway, where um, Peggy sort of said um, about Alice having gone to rehab and Jennifer sort of went, I don't remember actually telling you about that yeah and you're like yes she's gonna say it and then jennifer bloody didn't listen did she i know but jennifer mm. also said to her i felt like she needed tony there to back her up do you know you know you what do you mean you're worried about leaving alice alone with the baby do you know how cold you're saying and i was like it's peggy <laughs> yes it's peggy you know oh uh -huh. we never wanted you you little trainee <laughs> bastard <laughs> My my mum's um, my mum's staying with us at, uh, at the moment, and um, I uh, I did have a long chat with her about the archers. It was when we were going for a walk in the park today. I was tempted to try and get her on as a special guest, but I didn't know what you two would think about it. But um, she she was we we were talking about how weird it was that Peggy wouldn't tell Jennifer how very very strange yep. it was, and we were sort of talking about my sister, my mum's daughter. Uh, and you know, just the idea that if that mm. she would be be collaborating with and going behind my sister's back to you know to to be involved in the health and mental health of one of you know one of my nephews mm -hmm. would be absolutely bizarre. Yeah. So you know, I know I know it's sort of trite to personalise it like that, but it's only when you think about it in those terms mm -hmm. you realise how odd some of these decisions are. Yeah, no, it's not trite. You should do that. You know, it's like. The christening, when we said, um, if that was your family, would you all have a right big Barney outside? Or would you sort of try to make the best of it and go in and then deal with the situation later? Because loads of people are waiting in the church and all of that. You know, obviously, it wouldn't be 
the drama that it is if we weren't gagging to hear Peggy reveal this to Jennifer. No, I won't go inside, Kerry. I'm trying to do a slow, <laughs> brawling exposition to people who haven't listened in a couple of weeks. I've got to explain a lot of back plot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Fallon starts herding everyone out whilst giving them a, a pulled pork sandwich as they go. <laughs> Yeah. Your obsession with Fallon's pulled pork is is getting out of control, Matthew. We you need we need to scratch this itch. We need to have a kind of like a um, a Zoom call pulled porkathon. Uh, Get it all just sorted. I'm in. I'm in. Can we play countdown at the same time? Well, I mean, uh, actually, just a second. We need to agree on a dress code because you know. Well, I'll be topless, obviously. So just just how hot is it in Portugal? Um, well, we've got it's that overnight heat at the moment. It's kind of it's uh, really sunny during the day, clear during the day. We get kind of cloud coming in the evening. It's um, <laughs> I was about to say it's very close, as my German grandmother would have said. <laughs> expression she used to use. It's hot. It's hot here in the evening. It's but like an overnight of about eighteen doesn't sound very much, but that's a lot with yeah. the humidity. Yeah, and those little bastard mosquitoes that come in the moment you oh, open God. the shutters. I mean, that's moving from California to the UK. I actually suffer from, I never suffered from the heat living in California, but in the UK, it gets me every time because of the humidity. Like I've just, I just... I've never known, hum- I've never known, well, I mean, I lived in Western Australia. I would take a 45 degree day in Western Australia over a 30 degree day in subtropical Brazil. Because subtropical Brazil, it's like someone has sprayed engine grease on your face the moment you leave the, the house. It's it's like nothing I've ever experienced. There is a limit to the whole humidity thing, though, because I used to do an annual gig in Bahrain, and I remember once walking out of the hotel, and it's like someone just threw a bucket over me. Mm-hmm. I was just drenched in my own sweat, and then almost immediately, three local kids ran past playing football. I think it was <laughs> fifty in the shade. It was at, and, oh, in wearing sweaters. <laughs> Um, they're playing football. I was just like, oh my god, you know this. How can you? It, anyway, and I had a couple of friends who got into, got in, who were fl- going to India on one of these kind of like three month holidays, and they somehow managed to get into an argument on the plane, and they got off their flight, their Air India flight in India, and they got off the plane. They was like, oh, it's too hot to argue. <laughs> and they just stopped. There's <laughs> just no way they could continue. Oh, so this is this is the solution to all of our problems. Just f- fly all the bell ends in Britain off to some incredibly, off to kind of like you know Cambodia in March, and they'll all calm the hell down. Unfortunately, all the bell ends in Britain are coming to Portugal right now. Apologies to all bell ends listening to this. <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure this is a bell end free zone, or, or or if any listeners want to out themselves as bell ends, mm. then please write in. Hello at the side of shed to come. Yeah. Will I be a bell end in in October? Good point, Kerry. No, absolutely not. It's just no, it's just this idea that you had to completely yeah. race to go on holiday mm. and pay way over the odds. Yeah. You know, to get these t- well, I mean, I don't know, I think the tests are more expensive than the flights, aren't they? From what I could see on the news, most of the people on the flights were journalists reporting about the flight. <laughs> Well, I don't want to sound, this is going to sound hypocritical, given what we did, we've just spent four or five minutes talking about the weather. But for some people, their holiday is all they've got to talk about every year. So if they don't go on holiday, that's it. That's their year of, um, you know, comp- that's their kind of like stockpile of conversation. Yeah. Where up. else are they going to complain about waiters? Speaking of complaining, fuck off Shula with your uh, newspaper oh, bill. Do you, do you know what? We spoke after we stopped recording last week. Kerry, we were talking about the fact mm. that 
I mentioned that Shula hadn't been in it since we started the podcast. Jeez, did we fucking jinx that? I know, she's I back. know, I know. And she's twice. Yes. She pulled Susan up on the. She said, "Oh, those reminders. They were demands." Actually. Yeah, twice she had to tell her that. Oh, God, she's such. A Why was she in such a tit? I, I presume her copies of Vicar's Wives, which pulpit, and the Sunday Sport <laughs> hadn't shown up or something. <laughs> I know, she's such a catastrophizing drama queen loser, isn't she? Do you know what I didn't? I, I think I just, my kind of um, Shula cancelling um, headphones mm. must have been on uh, when I was listening to it because I, I cannot remember any of the exchange. So was, was horrible. you all had to educate me. Was the, so the, the, the thing that she, so the, sorry, the thing that Susan had to stay late to sort out that was, she was referenced in the lovely conversation mm. with Helen, that was that was all the, the, the genesis of that was um, Shula kicking off because because of uh, Vicar Weekly wasn't available. No, well, no, no, not quite. No, the computer, which is weird in itself, um, had sent out demands to all and sundry, even if they had paid their paper bills up to date. I mean, imagine it's carnage, isn't it? You get a piece of paper. I mean, you... Basically, the Ambridge, yeah, yeah it, it turned into the UK Home Office, didn't they? They just sent a load of threatening letters to people yeah. that were completely, um, you know, unwarranted. Mm. And and, it, and even she... Tony got nervous. <laughs> Tony was she so was... upset he crashed the Earl of St. Germans. <laughs> but Sheila was really, she was going, people are very upset. And she could see Susan was in a bit of a fluster about it. Just calm your jets, Shula. This doesn't matter. I do feel like they're kind of, they're sort of, they're occasionally plucking characters and forcing them to kind of behave out of type to sort of uh, offer a um, rather clumsy kind of contrast or to help get the plot going. I felt that way about Jazza on Thursday Mm. um, tonight, Mm. where it was like, I just didn't ring true that Jazza would be that unfeeling and that sort of, hypocritical and sort of thoughtless especially when he's been having this kind of yeah. like some level of personal relationship with Alice but in order for Jim to yeah. you know in order for Susan to feel that bad we had to have Shooter yeah. behaving like a dick in order for Jim to be able to be sage apparently uh-huh. we're not you know sophisticated enough to be able to feel that way unless we have Jazza offering the exact contrast it's like the BBC um, mm-hmm. uh, um, I'm very pro BBC and a former employee of the BBC but uh, it's like the you know if you listen to the Today programme everything needs to have a contrary point of view they can't just represent Uh something as that you know everything needs to be balanced yeah jazza got so scottish didn't he as well the more cross he was getting (laughs) yeah and i can just say that is true i mean my great auntie Mm. was in her late 80s living in west australia and when she got pissed off you know only (laughs) people from like certain parts of glasgow could have understood her (laughs) and as if as if jim can't stand his own ground as well he he's more than capable of standing up for himself isn't he and I know it was out of loyalty wasn't it Jazza loves protecting Jim he adores him but it was ridiculous yeah I mean he he, yeah. he had a full hazmat suit on didn't he tonight just to kind of help Jim through his shock treatment oh, yeah. that was very odd <laughs> all that all of the what was it you know like uh, how are your legs feeling I like, like the bit where he said like yeah are you responding to my voice <laughs> no, I'm trying not to <laughs> That was quite funny. I got it in a strange kind of way. I sort of, I, it took me a moment to realise that that was written for comedy. Oh, absolutely! Uh, I was, you know, like I, I'm, I am having more and more laugh out loud moments with the archers mm. recently, even amidst all the tra- tragedy. Yeah, and I, I did I had a good chuckle with that that part. I feel very positive towards the archers in general at the moment. 
and any complaints are coming from a kind of an affectionate place. Mm. There was a bunch of shite on Twitter this last week where people were getting stuck into Kerry Davis about, you know, the number of episodes a week. And it's like, what, what the hell, where the hell is this coming from? Mm. Just, just, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a right to have, you know, the archers come to us every week, you know, but there's people who's, you know, they're putting in effort and this is what the, this is the best they can do. Mm. It's definitely, especially when it's been so good. I could understand if we were getting like, you know, when, when was a real low, low period for the archers? The monologues? Well, yeah, the monologues where David started referencing, um, he started to change the lyrics of Sultan of Swing, Sultans of Swing by Dire Strait to Sultans of Silaging. <laughs> I, I liked the monologues. I enjoyed the monologues. It was funny, someone, someone on Twitter said, I actually quite like having a bit of a break on a Friday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do, I do miss the, I do miss the Sunday episodes. Well, we're buggered. We're buggered. We'll have to go. We'll have to start recording on a Friday night, won't we? Oh, God knows. I mean, with your, with your two schedules, and you know, like, I mean, we'll if have it... to drag Kerry out of the nightclub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll be fine. Don't worry. If I had a life, it would make, and and we had a, and it was back to six days a week. Then I think it would be almost impossible for us to record it, wouldn't it? Um, thank God. I no, don't I life. don't think so. I think we'd, no. we'd just record on a Friday, wouldn't we? And if you know, if Kerry's arm wrestling a tramp in a back alley, whilst you know, over to, to you know, to who over who has last you know the last swig on a bottle of Lambrusco, then so be it. Yeah, have the tramp as a special guest. I do, I do like the way that um, you know we try to uh-huh. we try to trap Kerry in a conversation about her one woman back and out on um, you know early on in the week, and she sort of managed to rebrand it as a sort of a um, Instagramable moment. What time did you get home, Kerry? Eleven uh, thirty was the taxi back from the ground i think you replied to a whatsapp from me at 3 a.m oh that was on monday oh. yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> be more specific is what carrie I, meant I to forgot say. about that one a, yeah. <laughs> yeah which of which of my <laughs> which of one which of my booze ups are you talking about yeah, no monday was the first day that you could go inside pub so of course i had to go inside one um and it was a lovely lovely local one who i do i feel for i was doing my my local duty the dover castle bless it um it should have opened earlier for for its beer garden and then the council came on the day that that was supposed to happen and they said no you can't anyway so had a lovely time in there monday night and yeah that went on till 3 a.m sorry forgot about that if there was i mean i I, my uh, yeah i mean it's just a shame that i can't lend my my enormous capacity to spend money in pubs to any of our local businesses at the moment. Mm. Otherwise, I, you know, otherwise I'd love to. I'd do, absolutely love to prop up a a, a failing pub I'm, at the moment. I'm so no, out of I the can't. pub loop. I really am. I think it's just this. I think it's just this. Well, obviously because of lockdown here and the cafes and stuff. But I think the last time I was really like pub goer was when I lived mm. in Ireland. And obviously, you know, it's illegal not to go to the pub in Ireland. So you mm-hmm. go to the pub a lot. I'm just imagining these speakeasies now, Matthew, where people <laughs> gather to not drink and the guard are kicking the door down. So like forcing beer <laughs> down the throat. Before dragging yeah, I mean, dragging them off to you know to, to face in justice. Ireland, you mean? Yeah, well you just said it's almost it's illegal not to not to go to the pub. Well it, it, it was when I lived there, but yeah, now it's all, like pubs have been closed there for such a long time. I think it's like they were in real shock. I was so pleased with Helen. 
so not that you know uh, anyone needs my approval but i was so pleased with helen the way that she <laughs> dealt with susan's situation and mm. this is now twice in this last month where i've enjoyed helen's company i thought she was she was you know she did the right thing and and it sort of reinforced this this thought that comes to me sort of like you know every, every now and again that helen a few of the other characters maybe even shula in real life, they're exactly the kind of people you want around you. Helen's Helen would be such a good friend to have. But it, oh, what is it about her that makes her so annoying? Oh. So that later on in the week when she's talking to Kirsty about helping her friend out and trying to sort of, you know, sort of like, you know, and trying to sort of guard all of her friends, um, the sensitivities around her friend's life. She, you just want to just smash the radio to pieces. <laughs> I don't, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense because she's, she, as I, sorry to repeat myself, she is such a good person. That's it, isn't I would it? Not, I would not want her as a friend. I mean, anyone no. that forces you to have a, a great eclair eating contest, nah, sorry. Yeah, and, and they think that. that was a party. Yeah. No. Oh, was that Kirsty's no, um, Hendu? Yeah, it wasn't a Hendu, it was, it was a couple of weeks ago. It was the last social event that they could remember. Even um, Kirsty was it, it was Kirstie? a birthday, reminded it? of it. One of, it? one of them had forgotten about it. Was it was one of their they? birthdays from a couple of weeks before. Kirsty's was it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to try, try really hard not to do my Kirsty impression. Sean Dyche, come on. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> later. I need, need to need to get some, you know, prepare my vocal cords. But you're right, Helen. Being like this, it's it was quite disconcerting, wasn't it? How she sort of said, "I insist on driving you home, and I'm giving you compassionate leave, and you focus on your family. That's the most important thing." It was great because. Susan needs this but it felt a bit you know hearing Helen be so lovely didn't you have a moment a of weird. liking Lee as well recently Peter yeah I'm trying to I'm trying to again talking to my mother earlier on and uh, she uh, you know I said you know I'm a complete pain in the ass but you know I do ultimately try and do the right thing she paused a uncomfortably long time but did then sort of reluctantly agree with me but uh, I, yeah, I sort of feel like I'm quite venomous about some of the characters. So every now and again, I try and sort of do a, a little sort of, you know, reappraisal and then agree I was probably right. There was, li- <laughs> um, there, so, there was yeah. one line from Helen that st- stuck out like a sore thumb to me, which is where Kirsty was like saying, well, you know, whenever you get yourself straight in the house. And Helen said, it'll be a while before we're anything like straight. And I was like, you're the two straightest people yes. I know. <laughs> I know when they were really laughing because um, Kirsty had a key in a dressing gown pocket. Yes. Oh, a dressing gown? Why? Why would there be a key in the dressing gown? It's not beyond all realms of possibility, is it? I don't know why you're getting hysterical about it. No, I, I found keys in far stranger places than that. Oh, yeah, Matt, yeah Matthew's days uh, recreating the Saw movies. Um, I <laughs> never I, seen a Saw movie, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm never watching um, one. I, d- I, I didn't watch it on listen. pure principle because I had many colleagues who were from Slovakia who hated how much it ruined the tourist industry. I I oh, I, I, do, I do not understand people who want to watch other people in any kind of pain, physical or emotional. I cannot watch. You know, I see enough of it on the news. I say, listen to enough of it on the. We'll happily listen to it four times a week on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, but there's a, there's some truth to it. I think this is part of why I'm finding the Alice plotline so difficult. Is because you're having to relentlessly listen to someone in pain, multiple people in pain. Oh. You know, and I can only deal with a certain amount. We're not of that. quite human centipede level yet, though, are we? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't um, seen. I haven't Chris seen is... that either, to be honest. Well, Alice is up. Alice <laughs> is in. Alice is in front position. 
because she's you know everyone else is dealing with her uh, uh, the fallout mm. um and she's you know and obviously she needs a mouth free to get all the drinking done um so poor susan's in the middle and chris is at the end i don't know where's brian Brian, is he filming um, it probably. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably buying insecticide. He's heard about the centipede and he doesn't hasn't quite understood what's involved. I don't know. <laughs> this analogy is this analogy is one shouldn't even be <laughs> happening, and two is falling apart. Adam's there really. going, Why didn't you tell me you were making a human centipede, Brian? Well, you could have given me a heads up, up Brian. <laughs> they are getting a heads up. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. That means Adam wants in, doesn't it? Exactly. That was my my gag. Oh, it's, sorry, Kerry. It's all right, love. Don't worry. I'm sort of too highbrow. I think sometimes. Oh, so, so I was mo- sorry. I'm completely confused. I was moaning. <laughs> then something, something. Human centipede. Adam <laughs> is boring. <laughs> Where are we? Um, we Helen's, been... Helen's great. Lee's great. We've all we've, right. we've completely okay. changed our mind about them and the collapse of the Slovakian tourist industry due to salt. Kirsty is Sean Dyche, and she's Sh- going to work in the du- dairy. Yeah, um, well, you'd have to pay me. <laughs> and I, that was a bit weird because she was like, "Oh yeah, I have got another job at Grey Gables, but anyway, I'll do your one instead." Yeah, well, was, she said it, it. It gets. It wasn't. What was the expression that you met? You mentioned it. You referenced it there, Kerry. When she said it gets really busy in here, she kind of basically said it was like when it's working in Wall sell. Street or yes. oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Buy sell. I'll be focusing on the yogurt. She'll yeah. be doing the ice cream. I'll be doing the cheese. <laughs> yeah. If anyone How... gets in your way, just walk all over them. How much do they make, and who the f- is buying it? It's only I... the pub that buys the cheese, isn't it? Oh, Did, I, I mean, I'm sorry to be contrary, but it's never, never worried or upset me the kind of like the weird money fairy or the weird economics mm. of the village. I accept it. I mean, imagine if it was true to life, like mm. some of the villages that I've lived in or near in the West Country, where it's kind of like, you know, just a bunch of people. Um, some some have heroin addictions, some don't, um, you know. A lot of the a lot of the people have had to move out of the village because of they've been priced out by people who've got second homes in London. It only fills up on the weekend with a bunch of hedge fund managers. You know, like it just would be the, in order for it to be entertaining, they have to have these ridiculous jobs, or or have everyone working for one big company, like you know, like um George Osborne, so like a, a town that I know, and Matthew knows Froome. George Osborne. If you walk, if when you drive in there, uh-huh. the fact George Osborne's family factory is, you know, you see it as you go over the bridge. Well, isn't that- so, the chicken factory where they make chickens. Well, but then everyone would have to work. The Helen would have to be at the chicken factory. They'd all have to be different oh. jobs at the chicken factory. To be true to <laughs> life, they would all work at Tesco's or at, you know, SO and then or and then a, then a whole bunch of them would work at one company. Sorry to be. Yeah, I know, but it, you know, it's like the veg box scheme. Jesus, that was t- with the app. Oh my god, that was so beyond all realms of possibility. Is it though? I I think I don't Can't know if it, it is beyond realms of possibility. Really? Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, how about a little? Uh, how about a little disclaimer at the beginning where they say, "Look, in order <laughs> to fulfil our remit of ent- of educating, um, you know, farmers around the country, we are going to have to stretch the credibility of you, the listener, to you know, it, its most elastic and potential breaking point." So, thank you for bearing with us. And now the bullshit begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. We should just have that playing in our minds as when the theme tune starts, shouldn't we? 
I mean, I, I'm I'm with you, Peter. I, when people go on about the Ambridge Ferry, it does annoy me a bit because, it, like you said, it is a soap opera. Crazy things and unbelievable things mm. are going to happen. So, you know, suspension of disbelief. Shoeless had multiple sexual partners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, apparently that's not the thing that everyone's going to yeah. be in the story. Case closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are, we are in the middle of a miserable plot line right now. And there's still some things to pick out of it and some moments of joy and some laughter in it. If these people who wanted to, like, crush the Ambridge Fairy had their way, it would just be like EastEnders on heroin. Yeah, it would be radio. like it used to be in 1954 or something. Yeah. like yeah. I mean, go back and listen to some old episodes of The Archers mm. and then see how nostalgic you are, really. Yeah, God. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a point I was trying to hint at <laughs> earlier on that it's it's a it's a really good time for the archers, mm. and that if it does sound like I and maybe you too as well, you should moan less than I do. If we do moan a bit, it's coming from an affectionate place because it has been very very good this these last this last couple of years. Yeah, agree. I liked your militant stance there, though, Matthew. If you think this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Go and listen. Honestly, go on, go on YouTube. Go on YouTube and pull up a 1956 episode of The Archers mm. and see if you, th- you know, I mean, listen, Yeah, we know that there is some uh, tendency for people to believe that things were better before and the grass mm. is always greener and maybe that extends yeah. to The Archers. When there was Rickett. The Thursday, the Thursday bombshell is um, Phil Archer sort of deciding he is going to buy that Lassie <laughs> Ferguson. Yes. We're feeling positive. Um, Alice is definitely not feeling positive. Helen's not so terrible. Peggy's a bit woolly. Neil and Jim are amazing. Do we need to? I don't feel like we gave Neil quite enough love. Do you want? Do we want to finish with just a little sort of like spasm of? Well, that's not the right word. <laughs> a last little, a last little nod of affection towards the great man. Mm, um. Oh, I sounded like I'm doing one of the. the, Kerry, the no, you're supposed to say it out loud, Kerry. Not just feel it. You're to... Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll just say once again is I just thought his handling of Brian was excellent. Um, uh-huh. Like you said, he does realise that there is, you know, there might be status there, but um, Neil, Neil has some. Um, what's the expression you used, Peter? Do you said he had money in the bank in relation to like human understanding? Um, Brian's floundering with this whole situation and, and Neil's Neil's not fully in control of it, but he's got a grasp on at least what's happening, the reality of it. And I, I feel like at some point Brian is kind of clinging to Neil in this situation and watching his yeah, and watching his at, move. Uh. You just hit you just hit the nail on the head for me because you just reminded me of imagine Brian getting that cross with one of his children, they would Im- immediately fight back yeah. and immediately be indignant. But Emma, one of the most combative, fiery, mm. and determined people you know you could listen to, her hearing Neil get that emotional and get that cross, she just was knocked straight onto her. Well, heels it took two. It took two years yeah. at it. It I did. Mean, it, she, yeah. uh, she, she got herself. She wound herself up a second time. And then he had to get, he had to double down. And yeah, then, yeah, I mean, because she's, he said to her something along the lines of, well, I don't think Brian's grasped any of what's going on. 
Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. And yeah. then she started to get fiery again about Kate, didn't she? Kate's spoiled. They're all spoiled in that family. And then he, there was that moment where he really laid it down for her. She apologised. Yeah. She said, sorry, Dad, sorry, I love you. And I will try to be constructive, but it's going to be hard. And I really fucking hate how Alice went up again, didn't she? But but he, he just basically said to her, we've got to be constructive. Yes. That's it. He basically he said to her like before you go off again think about is it going to be is it going to be helpful? Yeah, exactly. You know, which I thought was yeah. brilliant, but he yeah, when he like I said at the uh, the off like when he got upset, that was uh I've heard people get that upset before, and particularly when they're in advanced age, it's not a nice thing to hear. I think this Neil, this week, sorry, this Neil, this week <laughs> I'm going to be what would Neil do is going to be my kind of motto for this week because I think if you know to try and be like Neil Carter would be a definite sort of step forward for most people. And as um, as uh, Emma said so um, movingly, you know, if Chris is half the dad you are, then Martha will be fine. I don't ever want to hear Neil saying his heart's being broken again because that was that was too much. I think on Monday. Sorry, Kerry. It's okay. I was when you said you were going to be more Neil, and what would Neil do? I wondered if there are any pigs roaming around Catford. But um... <laughs> uh, I'd say, but I nearly made a Matthew joke there. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, how dare you talk about the fine women of Catford like that? They're all very all men. <laughs> I wouldn't make a joke like that. Uh, no, I th- no, I thought you would say. And I imagined in my head, I imagined you doing one of your wicked chuckles and then very guiltily saying that. No, I was still feeling bad about cutting across Kerry because I was still emotional about Neil. Aww. Oh, yeah, we, we we both cut across Kerry about sort of um, thousands of uh, thousands. Now, now it's going to get very meta. Now, do I edit out which bit? Do I edit out this bit or the bits where we talked over Kerry? Leave, anyway, leave it all yeah. in, love. Leave it all in. Okay, I saved myself a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, brilliant. Um, so yeah, I'll be living like uh, I'll be living like a kind of a, a, a sort of shrunken, wizened version of Neil for the next week, emotionally. That is, mm-hmm. um, and Kerry will be on the lash. Yep. Matthew, what will you be doing? Um, teaching, trying to relax on the weekends. Um, yeah, yeah, which character in the Archers are you? Matthew? Oh no, sorry. Jesus. Is that the question? Go. You'll have to edit that out. I t- but no, so yes, yeah, so, uh, you know, <laughs> Kerry's Kerry's Alice. I'm Neil. You I didn't are... get that bit. Sorry. That's nice. That's, that's, I, I I think I did it by accident. I think Kerry had a sort of a, a, a emotional intelligence that was just a straight intelligence that I lacked, <laughs> and you as well. <laughs> you can be Peggy if you like. You know, don't worry. I wandered off for a minute. Um... Well, 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 if Matthew, if you don't choose, I feel like Kerry's about to. I've said Peggy. Yeah. Well, I was. Yeah. Now can I be so Jim? Um, no, exactly. And no, because it's incredibly arrogant. That. Because you've already said that you've already said that Jim's the absolute greatest human being in this whole mm. world. Are you aspiring to be Jim, or are you are you just going to be Jim? Okay, this this bit has gone on so long, I've forgotten who you are. So, Kerry's Alice. <laughs> no, no, don't 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 mention it because I was I'm being a hypocrite because I said Neil. Anyway. You said Neil, who you've also said was one of the greatest people. <laughs> Yeah, but I am arrogant. That's part of my brand. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I'll be Jazzer in his hazmat suit. There you go. All Fabulous. Right, perfect. Good. Okay. Um, so we are on all the social medias. Um, you can get us on email at um, hello at cidershed.com. Twitter is... At the Cidershed Pod. Facebook is... The Cidershed Podcast. 
Yeah, and this this week's gone very, very fast. Uh, please tell us whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Um, I would like to ask our lovely listeners to review us. Um, oh, yes. On yes, we wherever you can do that, wherever you listen to us, please. Yeah. You know, just some stars, a little comment. That would be fabulous. Yeah, and 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 I think yeah, we we what we will try and do is we we we're still keeping us keeping ourselves ad ad low, but we will try and come back with some more kind of concrete things that you can do to help if you're minded to. Mm-hmm. Um, over the next few weeks, we should make more of an effort to do that. Uh, so, uh, well remember, Kerry. only leave five star ones. We're not interested in the three star ones. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, who's the motherfucker who left the three star yeah, review on I Apple? Wonder. Where we're we coming for you? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> there are, we have theories. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and with that conspiracy theory ring in years we'll say thank you very much and uh, see you next week see you next week see you bye hang on